Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Once again, Merry Christmas, and welcome to this holy, holy night. Tonight, we tell again an old, old story. And as we do, we ask that God would somehow allow that old story to pry its way into some some new corner of our hearts, to some new aspect of our lives. It's the old story that we heard read already, that in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the hometown, the ancestral hometown of King David, was the place that was prophesied to be the birthplace of the Messiah. If you were here this morning, we heard that prophecy read from the prophet Micah, that Bethlehem had been chosen for this high honor. And so you can imagine that people would be looking toward those birth rolls, those birth registries in Bethlehem to see, is this the year? Is this the day? Is this the one who is born the promised Messiah? But I imagine on the night that we read about this evening, there was no one checking the birth registers. And I think that was for several reasons. First of all, everyone was far too busy with the rush, the commotion, the stampede of the census. Augustus had required that everyone travel back to their family's ancestral homes and register for the census because the government wanted wanted to get a sense of their population, who lived where, how they could set up appropriate policies and programs and structures, and most importantly, so they could tax everybody. And so because the town was in such upheaval as one of the main ancestral homesteads, I don't think anyone was checking birth registers that night. And besides, these prophecies about the Messiah had been made centuries earlier. And so far, no news was bad news. And so even those people who had held on to a glimmer of hope that someday the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem had probably stopped bother checking the registers. And then finally, Jesus wouldn't have appeared on any registers written that night anyway because he was born in some anonymous back room, maybe a stable, maybe a cave, maybe a side room where animals were kept. All we know is that Mary laid Jesus in a manger, a feeding trough for domestic animals. 
There was probably no midwife that night and certainly no fanfare. At least there wasn't any fanfare in Bethlehem that night. But we're told that quite nearby, this birth was actually far from, un- un- from anonymous, far from unheralded. An announcement was made that had never been made in human history. And it was made to perhaps a very unlikely group of people. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So here we have a scene of angels and it opens in a pretty typical way with the angels giving their famous opening line, don't be afraid. And then the angel launches into this most pivotal birth announcement ever given. Today in Bethlehem, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel says this is good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Joy, this phenomenon that Pastor Chris described last Sunday as the embodiment of hope. Joy, this natural condition of the human experience when we find ourselves permeated by the hope that God offers us through Jesus Christ. This is joy, not just happiness, not just positive thinking, not some zen-like state of bliss. Joy has been defined in our dictionaries as a feeling of great pleasure and gladness that comes from success, good fortune, or a sense of well-being. But I believe the joy proclaimed that night goes far deeper. Because the joy proclaimed that night has nothing to do with our human success certainly much more than our good fortune. God's gift of joy to the human beings created in God's image is a gladness that reaches deep to our souls and bones. And the angel declares that the news he brings will be a cause of not just of joy, but of great joy. The hopes of God's people had come to fulfillment. Their hopes had put on flesh and blood. They were found in a little baby born just down the road, in the town of David. You'll know it's him, said the angel, when you find an infant who's wrapped in close-fitting cloths, lying in a manger. And so the shepherds hurried off. They wanted to see for themselves this thing that the Lord had told them about. And when they returned, they were glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And so the angel's prediction of joy was already coming to be proven true. We can hear the joy in the voices of these shepherds walking along the road, shouting to each other and anyone who would listen about the things they had seen and heard. The angel had said this good news would be a great joy for all people. And the first ones to get in on this joy were these shepherds, who were perhaps among the lowest members 
of the pecking order of their society. Men who habitually smelled a lot like sheep. Men who found themselves kept out of worship at the temple because they were considered unclean. And I think if we picture sheep and the pastures that they live in, we get the idea. But now these shepherds were filled with joy as the embodiment of their hope. They had encountered Jesus, the baby. Jesus, who is nothing less than the embodiment of God's love. There's a reason that this birth was announced by an angel army. The shepherds have been stopped in their tracks by this heavenly chorus, a great company of the heavenly host that appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. God himself had come to earth in a way that fulfilled prophecy after prophecy to the letter and yet somehow still was completely unexpected. Jesus, the word of God himself, as Pastor Eugene Peterson puts it, put on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He came among us as one of us. He came as God's love made visible. The Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 2 that in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Whereas another translation puts it, in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Jesus is God crammed into human flesh. Jesus told his followers that when they look at him, they're seeing the Father. And that statement was enough to get him killed. His death wasn't something that his heavenly father stopped. In fact, his death was actually the father's plan. God's love for sinful humans was made visible not just in the birth of Jesus, but perhaps even more clearly in his death. Out of the depths of God's love for us, he did not hold back even his own son from a death that allows us to live. God's Love Made Visible is actually the name of a song written by Dave and Iola Brubeck. Now, you might recognize the name Dave Brubeck if you're at all familiar with jazz music. He wrote the music, and his wife Iola wrote the words to this uh, wonderfully syncopated Christmas carol. It's the only Dave Brubeck song that appears in our covenant hymnals, probably one of the only few jazz songs in our hymnals. This carol reminds us of just how epic was the birth in Bethlehem that night. In the first verse, we find these words. God's love made visible, incomprehensible. He is invincible. His love shall reign. From love so bountiful, blessing uncountable, make death surmountable. His love shall reign. You see that Iola used a lot of exclamation points. I think she's pretty excited and emphatic about what she wants to say. She's shouting it from the mountain. This is incomprehensible, she insists. How can this be that God's love is made visible? 
God's love has somehow come to be contained in something, in someone we can see and touch. And yet it happened. And out of this bountiful love, love and out of these uncountable blessings, through the birth and death of Jesus, our own death has actually become surmountable. It has been overcome. God's love wins. We have a Savior. If you were with us during the weeks of Advent, you know that we explored together the results of the hope that we've been given in Jesus Christ, the fruit, the effects of God's hope that he's planted in us. But tonight we actually need to flip the script because it's not quite because of hope that we have a Savior, it's because we have a Savior that we find hope. God has sent us exactly what we needed. God came to us exactly when and how and why we needed him to. God has given us great hope. This is the good news that the angels said would cause great joy for all people. In the town of David, a Savior has been born for us. He is the Messiah, the Lord. As the second verse of the Brubeck Carol puts it, God gave his Son to us to dwell as one of us. His blessing unto us, his love shall reign. To him all honor bring. Heaven and earth will sing, praising our Lord and King. His love shall reign. This is the hope of Christmas. This is the story of love that brings us great joy at Christmas. It's the old, old story that still has the power to turn our lives upside down. God's love has been made visible. God himself became flesh and blood. God himself came as one of us to be with us. And God himself is for us. That is good news indeed. Would you join me in prayer? God of love, because of your love for us, you didn't hold back, not even your own son Jesus. Thank you for coming to us as one of us, for loving us enough to save us. Thank you for freeing us from fear and selfishness and opening to us the way of love. God, would you show us opportunities to share your love with the people around us this Christmas and in the year ahead. May this old story of love wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger rekindle our hearts for love. God, would you strengthen our hope and deepen our own capacity to love you and those around us. We ask all this in the name of your son, the one announced by angels and seen by shepherds. Amen.